It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut or... Uh, there are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions. Like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte, plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Saying you are listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio. Wherever you get your podcast, my name is Aaron Richmond. This is Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness community. By the way, the podcast is available almost everywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, all of that, YouTube. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook, even considering being a Patreon. We appreciate the support from all over the world. All right, well, I don't want to talk about issues about blindness today. What I want to talk about is coffee, something that I'm completely addicted to and something that the world simply really could not live without. Almost, I would argue, uh, from a consumer perspective, almost as interesting and perhaps almost as important in a sense as oil, basically something that is incredibly, incredibly valuable. So I bought coffee online and I'm drinking, I'm drinking some right now and it's perfect. And as a matter of fact, right on the other end of the microphone, we're here today with Joe Joseph Iaconelli, the CEO, founder of Blended Joe. Not to be confused with his name, by the way. It doesn't mean that. It just means Blended Joe like the coffee. So I, I, I don't want any of you to be, be confused about that. Joe, welcome to Aaron's Opinion. How's it going? Aaron, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's going great, you know, as well as can be expected in the times we're in. But thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. So I've been interested in the coffee business myself, maybe a business that I would want to start someday in my life, um, some sort of an online thing that I've had an interest in off and on over the years. So tell us about the coffee business. Go right ahead. Well, I'll tell you, the coffee business, and you hit the nail on the head when you said uh, coffee and oil, because they're probably two of the most aggressively traded, uh, sought-after commodities in the world. The coffee business uh, is very brutal, I'll be honest with you. It's tough. Um, you know, we we have a slightly different direction and focus with our coffee and our brand. But, you know, a lot of different coffee folks out there, you, you tend to have two different types of individuals. You have the guys and gals who really gear more towards the specialty coffee market, you know, the Starbucks of the world. And then you have the small niche roasters. Uh, you know, we consider ourselves a small batch roaster uh, specifically. And what that means is we roast all of our coffee, you know, on premises in very small quantities. So we, we only roast 100 pounds, 200 pounds of coffee at a time. Uh, and then we, you know, sell through and then we go to the next batch of roasting. But um, coffee is, you know, it, it's sort of one of those things where everybody's got an opinion about their preference when it comes to coffee. And uh, it's sort of a universal bridge. In fact, that's that's sort of where we built our brand and our, our mission around. Because regardless of your walk of life, uh, personal beliefs, whatever they may be, you know, coffee is a typically a beloved commodity by lots of different people. And, um, you know, what is it? What else is there to say? You know, it, it, coffee is, it gets you up in the morning, <laughs> keeps you going all day. And then, you know, there's folks like me who even enjoy it at night. So... It's, uh, it's, it's a good and fun business to be in. You get to meet a lot of people, uh, you know, people like yourself. We get to work with a lot of really wonderful organizations. Um, and with our coffee and our brand and mission specifically, we're really helping a lot of people in need, which is really why we started the business. Perfect. Why did you choose coffee as the, as the commodity to which you would like to help people? So that kind of goes back to what I was saying, where one of our actual trademarks is coffee is the engine of change. And we were, I, I own a couple of different businesses, so I'm kind of what you would call a serial entrepreneur, but I really wanted to get more involved in a philanthropic role. And myself and my partners were sort of kicking around different ideas on how we could leverage 
uh, almost like a crowdfunding, but not really crowdfunding, but how could we leverage a commodity to get people more involved, invested in, you know, mission-based uh, charitable works? And we realized very quickly that coffee, like I said, is sort of a universally beloved commodity, you know, you know, men, women, uh, all, all ages, all walks of life typically enjoy a cup of coffee every once in a while. And, you know, don't mind me for saying, but I usually say a cup of joe. But, um, you know, because of that nature of coffee, because it is so universally beloved and it is very accessible, um, you know, we thought it, it's, it's the perfect platform, the perfect engine to help bring about change and helping others. And uh, so far, you know, it's been a very good uh, good run for us. And we're very excited about what the next, you know, evolution of our business and what, what is a yet to come. Hmm. Hmm. Really, really excellent. So who have you helped and what have the results been of this help? I, I believe you, I want you to celebrate the, the achievement of helping others. So what, uh, what groups of people have you helped? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about what we do. And tell us, tell us every, tell us everything. I, so, I, the listeners have a lot of questions, so tell more details than needed. So, I'll tell you our a quick background. So, we were actually we started our business back in 2018, um, and what we did is we realized very early on that there was a lot of problems in the world. You know, whether it be poverty-induced hunger, social prejudice, social inequality, um, that you know needed combating. And a few things very near and dear to my heart are, you know, helping people who are in need from a food standpoint and what we call food insecurity um, and social injustice. And now I have several partners that I work with at Blended Joe. Um, Brandon Billups is one of my partners. He's actually based out of Georgia. And uh, Patrick Maloney, who is our roast master in general, he actually lives in Massachusetts. So we span several states. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to set up a mission-based coffee company. And we've created an initiative called Partners in Charity, where we actually work directly with select charities and organizations, such as the Navy SEAL Foundation, uh, South Jersey Food Alliance, which is a uh, offshoot of Phil Abundance, if anybody's on the East Coast. And what we are doing with those folks is we create custom packaged coffee. Now the custom packaged coffee is made available for sale on our website and through social media channels. And then when folks buy, let's say a coffee being sponsored by the Navy SEAL Foundation or um, excuse me, on their behalf, we actually have it on our website right now at blendedjoe.com. You can find the Patriot Blend. Uh, a portion of the proceeds is donated back to that particular organization or, or foundation. So with, let's say, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Navy SEAL Foundation was created specifically to help um, the families of Navy veterans and special combat warfare veterans who may have lost their lives in the line of duty um, and and or they provide special training instruction for folks who need additional help as they come out of the military service to reacclimate to normal society where they're not you know part of the daily grind of being in the military anymore so they do wonderful things with the families uh, of those who've you know, have been killed in action. And they also do very wonderful things for veterans as well. So we wanted to work with them specifically to help further their efforts. And, you know, every time someone comes online and buys the Patriot Blend, a portion of those proceeds go right back to the Navy SEAL Foundation. So what we've done is we've built a coffee business that, yes, we do sell coffee direct to consumer. We have all of your normal fare, but really our, our, our near and dear mission is to work with charities and organizations to help them generate sustainable revenue through the sale of our coffee. So with South Jersey Food Alliance, um, my good friend, Gerald Davis, uh, who lives here in South Jersey, he runs uh, Touch New Jersey, which is a food alliance organization that helps distribute food to families and people uh, who are suffering from food insecurity, whether it be poverty induced, and especially right now with, you know, the coronavirus, everything being shut down, people are very, are very hungry, and they're struggling to make ends meet and put food on the table. So he runs a, a rather large operation in Camden, uh, which I very recently learned the is the poorest city in New Jersey, or in the, in the country, excuse me, and it's right here in New Jersey. And that's unfortunate. But, um, you know, Gerald and Touch New Jersey and the South Jersey Food Alliance, they 
move a tremendous amount of food every, every week, every month through their food pantries and through direct distribution channels for local college campuses. Because a lot of people don't realize that kids who go to college, they may be showing up for class, but they may also be suffering from food insecurity. So what we've done is, as well as with the Navy SEAL Foundation, we've set up an online website and custom packaged coffee specifically for that uh, endeavor. And then anytime someone purchases that coffee, they can select any of our coffee products to fill the package. So the package comes branded with South Jersey Food Alliance, but inside the package, they can have any one of our coffee flavors or blends. They can have Everyday Joe, Rise and Shine, any of our signature flavors from butterscotch cream to uh, vanilla caramel cream. They can have seasonal flavors, but it's, it's their option. So they pick the size of the bag and they pick what they want in the bag. And then we track the purchases for these coffees. And then we make donations back to those organizations and charities. And uh, we're actively seeking... Uh, more partnerships with more charities so that we can begin to expand our our portfolio, so to speak, and help more people in a more diverse environment. So that's why one of the reasons I was very interested in joining you today, because I wanted to uh, learn more about your avenue and you know how we could possibly work with you to reach some of these charities and organizations. Hmm. Hmm. Well, um, of course we can we can talk. I can tell you a little bit more about my background and we can certainly talk off the air about it a lot too. Um, I would be, I would be more than happy to learn, to learn a lot about this. And um, I would, I would, I would probably support that idea uh, depending on what it is, but I would, I would probably support that. Um, (laughs) Probably not, not for sure, not for sure. But, um, but I, I, I would, I would say you're certainly on the right track. First of all, let me go back and tell you that thank you so much for, uh, for the Patriot Blend. I didn't particularly see that on, on your website, but I'm someone who, um, although I am, I am blind and cannot serve in the military myself, I'm someone who absolutely supports the military 100%. So any effort to help families of the military is, is an effort that, that needs, to mm-hmm. be, needs to be endorsed and needs to be supported, absolutely. It's, it's really sad, you know, I hear stories all the time, other blind people, other blind veterans have, you know, come back from service and they, you know, it's like no support, very, yeah. very, very, very little support. I should say very little support or, or the problem is not enough support or not the right support. So Agreed. it's a, it's a, it's quite disturbing, I think. Well, Aaron, let me throw that website out specifically. It's uh, for anybody who would like to know more about uh, the Navy SEAL Foundation and or the Patriot Blend, you can go to blendedjoe.com slash NSF. That's Navy SEAL Foundation, blendedjoe.com slash NSF. And on that page is the Partners in Charity Initiative. It has the branded packaging there for the Patriot Blend. And you can learn more about the Navy SEAL Foundation and the wonderful things that they're doing to support our uh, military brethren. Outstanding. Great, great. So, um, I mean, my, basically my story is that I, I was born blind with glaucoma, um, have a degree in international relations, uh, you know, I speak French. I've traveled mostly all over, mostly all over Europe. Um, for personal reasons, my location is un- undisclosed, so I'm somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in North America. That's that's a long story, by the way. I'm some, I'm somewhere. Yeah, you can guess what. <laughs> some there was there was a particular person, and something almost happened. You know. Anyway, I'm somewhere in North America. Um, and I've loved coffee basically my entire life. I am 29 years old, by the way, which surprises people. And about um, about a year ago, I was basically obsessively listening to podcasts because when I'm not teaching, um, I, I mean, I'm a teacher by, by trade, I'm a teacher, but when I'm not doing that, my hobby is podcasting, which I think that the hobby of podcasting has really, really, really taken off, especially lately. It's really really booming now. I mean, it's basically the next, the next YouTube is basically a podcast, but I, um, I was looking through the catalog and I always found that there were just not many podcasts for blind people where blind people, or in your case, sighted people can come and just have a really cool, relaxed conversation. No pressure, no worries, 
come on to Zoom and just talk to me about about your life and what you do. And that's important to me as a podcaster that Aaron's opinion is a podcast that is accessible to people. And there are there are many amazing podcasts and there are several amazing podcasts for blind people. But this is a podcast where I give my opinion and I'll tell you, I don't think they are particularly really, you know, accessible, meaning, you know, you can't just you know, reach out on messenger and say, Hey, can I come on your show? And, you know, you don't get responses, you know, in, right. in my, in my estimation and in my opinion. So that's kind of my mission. Um, I will preface, I will give you a hint or preface on a, a potential um, idea, which I would, I would tell you a lot more about it off the air, but I'll tell you two things that Aaron's opinion um, does not have number one. We do not have a sponsor. Number two, um, I um, had a a guide dog, um, and uh, are you are you, do you are you knowledgeable about guide dogs and service dogs and that type of thing? Uh, you know, I'll tell you the honest truth. I, I've I used to foster a lot of dogs in my youth, so I've had just about every breed under the sun. But when it comes to guide dogs and service dogs, not too familiar with that. But sure, uh, no problem. Let me. But uh, no, no problem. So basically, they're specially trained dogs. Um, I got my dog um, in 2009 from Guiding Eyes for the Blind in Yorktown Heights, New York. Um, you in New Jersey would be more familiar with Seeing Eye, but I got mine from from Guiding Eyes for the Blind, Yorktown Heights, New York. Um, and and she was she was an amazing, amazing, amazing guide. And it's really, really, really important for blind people um to to be able when they're deserving and when they are truly need truly need it's really important that blind people around the world are have have a guide dog i think i'm a, i'm an i'm an advocate for that right so b- basically i mean those are those are the two two ideas that i would have if you'd be interested in the future and expanding Absolutely. on it maybe maybe something about something about sponsorship for this show or something about i don't know you create, you create, <laughs> you create, you create, how about you create, um, okay, see, th- then of course the problem is, the problem is I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying it out loud. And then of course, by, by the fact that it's my podcast, see, this, this kind of ropes you into a bit of, it's kind of gets you cornered here because you're on, you're on someone else's podcast. So everything I'm saying is copywritten by me, which means that if I come up with the flavor, it's copywritten by me because I said it. Well, the nice thing about yeah. the partners in charity concept is, you know, we, we dedicate the branding of the packaging to the particular foundation or organization hmm. behind the scenes. Uh, we track each purchase. So in other words, when you go to our website and the actual, the partners in charity updated page, uh, we're going through a slight redesign on our website in regards to this. That page will actually be online uh, the first week in August. So you'll be able to see it in action. So when you go to the page, you'll actually be able to browse through the various charities or organizations that we support. And you can actually choose to support one of them or, or many, doesn't matter. But if you click on one in particular, let's just say uh, Aaron's Opinions uh, sponsorship for Seeing Eye Dogs. Okay, you people could go to that particular page, uh, choose the coffee, but they get to pick what coffee they want. So it's not a particular set in stone blend. Uh, As an example, if you're a light roast guy or a medium roast or, you know, you like dark roast, you could pick whatever coffee you want in the bag when you're adding it to your cart. But the idea is you're going to get a package in the mail that will be specifically designed and branded for your charity or organization. And the coffee inside is all specialty grade. And I'll get into a little bit about the various kinds of ideas behind coffee, how to man- make it and things like that. But specialty grade is typically your higher end coffee. You're, you're going to find that at your fancier you know, box stores at times, even they don't really always use specialty grade. But uh, needless to say, the coffee that's going to be inside, regardless of what you choose, is going to be delicious. You know, we're, we're confident in our product. And that's why we did this, because we knew we had a very good coffee product for people to enjoy. And we wanted to use this as an engine to give back and help others. So the idea is, it gives the consumer great flexibility, uh, and still serves the purpose and the need to generate that additional revenue. So think of it almost like a perpetual fundraiser. So if we were to work together on, let's say, you know, a, a fund to help folks in need with disabilities uh, obtain the things that they might need from time to time, whether it be, uh, you know, sponsorship of, 
you know, an animal or equipment or whatever, we can do that. And that's exactly what we, we set out to do with our mission. Excellent. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> so, yeah, if there was, um, if there was some sort of thing where I, I, I mean, I, again, you know, I, I've only been in the podcast business for about a year, so I'm not, I'm not knowledgeable about everything and I'm not experienced about everything, but I don't know if there was some way to have like, um, you know, maybe an Aaron's opinion page where it was set so that, you know, people maybe buy the coffee and then, and then I, I give the money to guiding eyes for the blind or something. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's, I mean, I'm sure you, I know that you're more knowledgeable about it than I am, but I know that there would have to be law, some sort of a, not really laws, but, you know, stipulation or regulation about that, about, you know, because I don't work for, I, you know, I don't work for guiding eyes for the blind. So I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if that, I don't even know if that's, it's, a, it's I don't even know if that's allowed, like for me to, <laughs> You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what their policy is about that. I could, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely something to open up conversations for, but you know, the idea is hopefully somebody who's listening to this might know of a local charity or organization. You know, typically we work with folks that are 501C and, you know, they could put us in contact with them because again, it, there's, there's no downside to it, right? It helps right. with the charity or organization's brand awareness and helps proliferate the, the statement of their mission. So more people become aware of what that charity or organization is doing and how they're going about it. And plus it helps generate revenue for them. So it's a win-win. And that's, that's really why we, uh, we set out to do this because we knew some charities, some organizations struggle at times with not just obtaining funding, but also with letting people know that they exist and what it is they're actually going about doing. So that, that's a main, that's a main talking point for us. Yeah, that's, and it's really important when you're, when you're confident and when you're as, as successful as, as you are and as your company is, it's important to come to these podcasts. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised. I'm the first one to ever interview you. I, I would think that coffee would be a much bigger deal in the podcast community, but Maybe not. I do think that, I mean, I do think that a lot of people are not, are are simply not knowledgeable about charities. And of course, having, you know, having nothing to do with you, you know, it's not, it's not your fault in the slightest, but I think that socially and in society, I think in our times that we're living now, I think there's a lot of, um, I'm I'm not going to use the word mistrust, but I think there's a lot of kind of um, apprehension. Or and on top of it, thank you. And or and on top of apprehension, perhaps maybe sometimes um, at the at the at the most, maybe some misinformation or even sometimes disinformation about yeah. certain charitable organizations and what they do. The ones you support are real ones. No, there's no 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 iota, not even one ounce of doubt in my mind about that. But because the other the other the the, the other fact is, if you were supporting fake things you wouldn't have had the confidence to come onto someone else's podcast and say it so it's real (laughs) no it's definitely real (laughs) yeah i I, we believe we we believe you but but at the same time i mean you can anyone you at home you can go to youtube and you can look up all of the different weird things that have gone on in the kind of in the charity world and all, all sorts of you know and i'm i'm not i'm not going to say what they are because that would give them credit but all sorts of strange things or even in some very rare cases simply people are just take taking taking absolutely money. and that that's you know and that type of that type of organization that type of person i i can't feel i can't feel any any sense of sympathy for that type of behavior but right you know so i think that's what that's in essence i think that's what the problem is it's not a matter of find people finding out about charity it's about the fact that i think socially people are questioning the validity of the action of charitable, you know, charitability, I think is what it really, what it all comes down to. Yeah. Right. But, no, I, um, I definitely understand. You know, yeah. one of the things that um, when we first started getting into the idea of using our coffee as a platform to help charities and organizations, both with mission awareness and with revenue, you know, we wanted to be very selective about which organizations we started with, because like you pointed out, it, it's very easy to say you support charity, and, you know, you have, unfortunately, a lot of fly-by-night operations who masquerade as a charity to really prey on unsuspecting donors and things of that nature. We wanted to try to do it a little bit differently. Sure. So that's sure. why, you know, 
we're 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 actively selling a product, which is you know that's that's our goal, which is right. And it's and it's real. And listener, if I was if I chose to do a video for this podcast, which I don't do because the quality goes down if I'm on TV, the the quality audio quality goes down. But you would see. I know it's real because it's in my cup right here sitting next to me. So it's got to be real. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, One of the big ones for me, like I said, aside from the Navy SEAL Foundation and the wonderful work they do is, you know, our partner, Touch New Jersey Food Alliance. I've actually gone to their location in Camden County uh, and they operate, they operate several food pantries, but one in particular, they operate out of the basement of a, of a church, a very large, very old church. And uh, if, if you don't mind, I would tell you a quick story. It's, it's kind of, of funny. Of course, tell, tell all of your, tell all <laughs> your stories. We, uh, we, we went there. Originally, we were going to help uh, Gerald. We wanted to serve coffee to the people that were coming in. It was cold, and people stand outside for hours to get in. They have to form a line. Now, this is before COVID hit, so don't don't worry. Back then, we didn't know anything about social distancing. So, the uh, it was very cold, and we said to Gerald, uh, you know, how about if we come down and we serve hot coffee to the folks who are coming in for food? And he said that'd be great, be wonderful. So we did. We showed up. Now we have uh, rather large brewing urns. Um, which are really designed for more commercial use. So we, we brew a lot of coffee in volume. So here we show up at this, this food pantry and we walk down the stairs into the basement of the, of the church and we're starting to set up and we get the coffee started and it's, it's not getting hot. And Gerald, he, you know, he's, he's coming over and he says, uh, this, is, this is why, this is why I have people. This is exactly the stories I love to tell. This, so yeah, sure. He, he comes over and he says, is it ready yet? I said, no, it's not, it's not getting hot. And I said, I don't understand. So we, we realized very quickly that we blew the breaker. Okay. So we, we unplug, we go to another outlet. Okay. So we plug into their, they have a little kitchen downstairs. So we plug into the one outlet in the kitchen. Well, we pop that breaker. So we started literally going around the room, trying to find outlets that we would pop. So so, so listener, let me, let me translate, you know, if if you're having trouble. So basically you're walking around destroying a church, right? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It gets better though. So we're still sitting there. Now this is about an hour and a half in. We're still don't have the coffee hot enough to serve. It's not brewing. And uh, my one, my one helper leans over and he says, you smell that? And I said, yeah, it smells, something smells like it's burning. <laughs> well, we caught the electrical cable on fire. We set fire to the basement. We had to put oh that God. out. <laughs> Needless to say, we, we didn't end up serving a lot of coffee that day. But you know what? Uh, the, the coffee we were able to put out was, you know, very appreciated and well-received. But no, no, it, no, pun in, no, no pun intended no, no by pun put intended. out, by the way. We almost, you know, we almost burned down a church. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where... Where you try your best to do what you can. Um, yeah, you know, you, yeah. you see some really touching things. You know, there was a grandmother that came down to get food, and um, she had a child with her. And I got to talking with her, and the child's parents had been killed. Um, oh, so she was the caretaker of the child, and she didn't have, you know, sustainable revenue anymore. She's an slightly older person now, and uh, you know, she's trying to feed and take care of her grandkids. So it was a shame. And, uh, you know, things like Touching Jersey and the Food Alliance that they run is, is such an amazing thing that they do. It costs nothing. People come from all over uh, every week to get fresh produce, meats, cheeses, breads. Um, and, and that was really one of the very first charities and organizations that we really pitched in to try to help. In fact, we did an event here in South Jersey uh, with a local fire company, we did an entire Christmas bazaar on their behalf where people came, got gifts wrapped, bought coffee, and we donated all the proceeds back uh, to Touch New Jersey so that, you know, they could continue their good work. Um, and, and I'm pleased to say that they are expanding. And when I mean expanding, they're, they're actively getting more pantry locations online. Um, and the like I said, the amount of food that they put into the hands of people who need it every week is is astounding to me. But um, that's that's what we're trying to do, Aaron. You know, we want to work with folks who are truly out to help others, um, because as I said, coffee is an equalizer, right? And you know, the partners in Blended Joe have um, we're all of different racial backgrounds, you know, so we in and of ourselves are a blended group, and we we think we think and we believe that you know, through honest conversation and maybe a cup of coffee here and there, people can try to work out differences and 
those differences can be everything from religious to walks of life and everything in between. You know, you can find common ground um, in, in almost everything. And coffee, I think, helps a little. Because, like you said, it disarms people. You sit down, you have a conversation, you have a cup of joe, and talk about it. Yeah, that's that's all all really good. And I think it really, I think what it really shows as we're coming up on our 60 second break, what it, what all of this also shows, which is very serious, is that it shows that a lot of people need help is what it shows. It shows that a lot of people are, are, are hungry. A lot of people need, need a cup of joe. Yep. I'm Aaron Richmond. This is Aaron's opinion. We're basically wherever you get the podcast. He's Joe Joseph. Uh, I Canelli blended Joe has nothing to do with his name and uh, we'll be, let's say we'll be right back. Welcome back, listener. This is Aaron Richmond, and you're listening to Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we talk about issues in the blindness community. As I say at the beginning of the show, we're basically everywhere you get the podcast, iTunes, uh, Spreaker, everywhere, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon. Okay, but today I don't want to talk about blindness issues. I want to talk about coffee, which is what I've done for the first half and what I'm going to do the second half. Um, so we're back with Joe Joseph I. Canelli, blended Joe. Um, so one of the, I mean, one of the biggest questions that I would have or anyone would have from the charity part, the most important part of blended Joe, the actual helping people. So Let's say you find out about a charity organization, some 501, uh, 501c, right? Let's mm -hmm. say you find out about a charity. Um, how do you, how do you, how, how do you vet the charity, basically? How do you know if it's real? What steps do you take to determine which ones are real? Maybe just talk, talk to us about that because sure. I think it's interesting. Well, I think the vetting process is both analytical and somewhat intuitive. And, and what I mean is you obviously you can go online and you can, you know, it's public record with all 501Cs. You can see the information that is posted um, when they do their year end closings. You can see what their actual missions are. You can do your homework. Um, but also we like to get you know, a little bit more in depth. We want to talk with the folks who are working there, who are actually boots on the ground, so to speak. Uh, when we when we decided to work with Touch New Jersey, we actually went on location with them, you know, to serve coffee, which ended disastrously, but not, not, not their fault. But, you know, we, we try to get to know the people that are behind the, the mission, the people behind the charity. What is it that they're attempting to do? What is their mission? What's their cause? And how do they go about it? Um, you know, it's not something we, we rush to decide on. It, at times, it takes us a couple of minutes, you know, so to speak, to figure out whether or not this is going to be a good fit. Uh, I, I would say that we don't automatically, you know, turn anyone down or turn anyone away. But we do tend to try to look for charities and organizations who are helping a, a larger community um, and or have a community centric aspect to them, whether that be uh, a greater community nationally, such as the Navy SEAL Foundation and then the community of you know, military veterans or local community such as Touch New Jersey Food Alliance, where they specifically try to help those individuals in the most dire straits, most dire needs here in the South Jersey region. Um, but it's, it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. So then, um, and then the other, 
and then the other um, thing is, so how do you, how do you go about, um, you know, starting up, starting up a coffee business? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of information about this is online mm -hmm. and there's a lot of YouTube videos, but probably you never know. I'm probably one of those people who's asking because I want to learn more about it myself True. and I'm sure my listeners would. So in a, in a perfect world, hypothetical world, how would I start my own <laughs> sort of thing, well, coffee thing, or coffee thing? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that first things first, you, you have to find your, your Obi-Wan of coffee. And, you know, we were lucky enough and this is a true story. So my partners and I were, were we we started with the idea and we started with the name and we knew that we wanted to get into the coffee business and we knew we wanted to get into the quote unquote blending business, which is helping communities, helping individuals and creating blended coffee for people to buy. So we had all of this in mind. And really the funny part was when we first started, the thing we lacked was the coffee. So we started reaching out to other individuals, other roasting facilities, trying to find someone who would do what's called toll roasting for us, where they would roast the product for us and we would buy it from them at a, like a wholesale distributor type pricing structure. And then we would brand it. So we, we happened upon uh, a gentleman in Massachusetts and I had a, a young lady working for me at the time who was doing a lot of our PR and social media. So she calls him. And uh, at the time, one of my businesses was doing uh, web development and she comes back into my office. She says, he says he has a website. He doesn't want a website. I said, no, 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 I don't, I don't I'm not trying to sell him a website. I want the coffee. So she, I said, call him back. So she calls him back and he took both calls very, you know, very genially. And he, he listened and he and I got to talk and I said, listen, I explained what we were trying to do from a brand standpoint. I explained what I wanted my brand to stand for and what I wanted to do from a coffee standpoint. And when I mean from a coffee standpoint, what kind of quality I was looking for, what type of commodity packaging I was looking for and how I wanted to offer the coffee. Now, I don't know if anybody does geography at home, but he lives in near Boston um, and I live inside. So I, 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 I do geography. I've, <laughs> I've been up to, been up to New England, um, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, um, b b had a, had some family in Rhode Island, Connecticut, that part. I don't think, I don't think I've ever been to Massachusetts. No, it's beautiful. I will tell you that. I've been there several times now to visit uh, Patrick, but um, the, the idea is there's quite a distance between us and, and him. He, sight unseen, gets in his car and drives the five plus hours to meet us now, he doesn't know us from anywhere, but he had the idea, and he, he'll tell you, he had the idea that something was a little bit different about this conversation. So he drove five plus hours to meet me and my other partner in South Jersey, and within one day of meeting us, understanding what we were trying to do, he agreed to not only help us from a production standpoint, but he wanted to be a partner in the business. And we left that day on a handshake, which, you know, we, we evolved it from there into formalities. But as, if you get the handshake, yeah. that's as good as it goes. So. We left that day on a handshake and we at the time were two partners and that became three. And um, I'm pleased to say that Patrick has been, you know, a steady hand at the wheel, so to speak, when it comes to the actual coffee. The man has been in the business for 20 plus years. He knows just about everything there is to know about how to produce coffee, how to <laughs> roast coffee, how to package coffee. And, uh, you know, we were very lucky. We were very, very lucky because with his assistance, we were basically able to jump over a lot of the initial stumbling blocks that I think small startup coffee companies may encounter. Um, he knew exactly how to source the coffee. He knew what coffee to source. And with his help uh, and guidance, we've, we've gotten to where we are today. Now, I myself really tend to be the marketing sales and, and overall leadership aspect of the company, as well as, um, you know, some of the creative driving force behind it. But when you have, a gentleman like Patrick, that's what I was referring to. You, you first need to find your Obi-Wan. You got to find out what your, what your quote unquote, your neighbor's doing in the coffee business and how can you do it either better or slightly differently. 
Uh, I live by the motto, you go where they aren't and you make noise. And we decided to drive hard into the charitable concept. Uh, and that's where we found that there isn't a lot of people doing this. And we thought, what a great way for us to get into the coffee business um, while also helping people at the same time. You know, it's a win-win for us. It's not often you can get up every day and say, you know, I truly enjoy what I'm doing. But when it comes to running and, and operating Belinda Joe, we all truly enjoy it because we get to make great coffee. We get to try different things in our own little, you know, quote unquote, coffee laboratory. Um, and we get to help people in need. So it's a, it's a, it's a trifecta of good things for us. But, um, you know, once you've got the, the Obi-Wan, you have to have a good product and you can't, you can't settle for, you know, middle of the road. You either got to go to the specialty grade a hundred percent, um, because that's really where the good coffee is. You know, when you taste coffee, uh, a lot of people sometimes say coffee's bitter, coffee's, you know, has a flat taste to it. It's all about the product, the execution, and how you package it. So as an example, we source only specialty grade coffee beans. Now in the grand scheme of things from coffee, there's different grades. There's specialty grade, consumer grade, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Specialty grade is typically at the top of your pyramid. Now we source it green. We have our own proprietary roasting model, so to speak. So we know exactly how to roast our coffee, which gives it a slightly unique taste. Uh, and we use coffee from four specific origins. We source from Colombia, Costa Rica, uh, Indonesia, and uh, Brazil. And all of our coffee is ground, fresh, and prepared to order. So we roast in very small batches. That way we ensure the coffee remains fresh. And when you order... We actually prepare your coffee right then and there. So we don't, we don't keep a lot of coffee on the shelves, so to speak. And one difference is um, we were also lucky in that we were able to get almost all of the equipment that a coffee company and a manufacturer would need right up front. Um, we were slightly blessed in that. So we actually do all of our manufacturing, all of our roasting, packaging, including our K-cups, which are manufactured in-house. We do it all on site. So everything is as, as about as fresh as you could possibly get, you know, from the time it's roasted to the time we grind it and deliver it to your door. Um, and beyond that, you have to experiment with the different origins, the different types of coffee flavor profiles, meaning light roast, medium, dark. You know, you have to be uh, sort of a little bit of a mad scientist at times. Try a little of this, try a little of that, different ratios. Uh, we have three main house blends. Our Rise and Shine is a light roast breakfast style blend. It's actually probably one of our biggest sellers. It's a Colombian Costa Rican uh, blend that we, we keep the ratio secret, but we blend those two together. And then we have Everyday Joe, which is a medium roast uh, coffee blend. There's actually a funny story behind Everyday Joe. The reason why we call it Everyday Joe is when, when we were settling up on different blends in the very beginning, we were drinking this one particular blend um, and it was sort of medium roast, middle of the road, but it was really good. And it, it was just, we were drinking it every day. So I said to Patrick, I said, what is it that we're drinking every day that, you know, we keep coming back to this. He's like, Oh, it's a Colombian medium roast with some Costa Rican and et cetera, et cetera. I said, well, why don't we make this a house blend? Cause we're literally drinking this every day. And then my other partner says, well, why don't we just call it everyday Joe? And I said, yeah, there you go. And that's, that's what we did because we, we can enjoy it literally every day, all day. Uh, we call it everyday Joe. And then for those of us who are looking for something a little bit more rich and powerful, uh, dark and stormy is our dark roast blend. That's it's what a, I'm, I believe that's what I'm drinking right here, right yep. here in, in the studio. Yeah. So, you know, one thing, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think about the way that different flavors taste. I had one, I, I drink coffee morning, noon, night, you know, as many cups as possible each day. Um, I had one flavor, <clears throat> uh, the orange flavor. It had some orange, cream, mm -hmm. that one. That way, that that was really cool. Really, really loved it. How it had that bitterness. It was like biting into an <laughs> orange peel, and then I got the warmth of the coffee, and then just a dryness, and then it also had that sweet spice, that sweet pinch at the end. Yep. That was. I mean, that's how I would profile that a bitter, 
a bitter bite of an orange peel. It's like yep. putting an orange peel and putting coffee in your mouth at the same time. Yeah, it, that's fun because when you do flavored coffee, yeah. um, we get to experiment with different kinds of flavor profiles, different kinds of beans. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the orange creamsicle, you know, my, in fact, my partners kind of fought me on that one. I said, guys, I'm yeah. telling you, it, it's something different. You're, you're going to be and surprised. You know what? And you know what? You know what, Joe? First couple sips, li- listener at home, first couple sips, I was like, um, huh? What, 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 what? Yes. What? what? Huh? <laughs> it kind of takes it, you by surprise. Yeah, it? it was surprise. I wasn't, look, I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. And then I kept on sipping. I kept on tasting that orange peel, imagining putting the citrus fruit in my mouth at the same time of the coffee. By the time I got to the end of the mug, you know, by the time the mug was empty, huh? was actually pretty that was actually pretty good exactly. and it was and it was really unusual i hadn't had that experience before with coffee you know all right let me let me give you if you want let me just throw some some of my imagination you know if i if my coffee dreams came true came true for flavors i'll tell you what i what my favorite snack is fire away my favorite snack is peanuts so i think i think it blended joe i think i can task you to produce a peanut banana because peanuts go great with bananas or maybe um i mean you know i mean i'm i'm pretty i mean it shouldn't be a surprise i'm i'm pretty crazy you know you don't you don't know you don't know what trouble you oh trust me it, it, we me. we get all kinds of crazy <laughs> ideas that come through what about this office. oh wait a minute wait a minute whoa, whoa i got one for you i got one for you now let's 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 get to the more Let's get to the hard coffee, more on the alcoholic side. Yeah, strange question. Have you ever produced an, an alcoholic coffee? Uh, so we have uh, not for consumer purchase. We, we've right. experimented with it. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, the alcohol-infused coffee. And you also – to me, me – Me neither. I'm, me neither. But I, it's, it's cool once a, once a yes. year, like just a couple times a year, mm-hmm. the right food, it, like, it can be really good once in a great while. Now, I'll tell you what I do enjoy. Um, I, I, like I said, coffee beans, a lot of people don't realize. And in fact, this is a good thing for the listeners. A lot of people always ask me this question. Should I put my coffee beans in the freezer? Should I put them in? The answer is no. Um, while you would normally think putting something in the freezer would make it last longer, there's a reason why I'm saying this. Coffee beans absorb flavor and odors from their environment. That's, that's the nature of the coffee bean. They act like miniature sponges. So the reason why I wasn't a big fan of the infused coffee beans, meaning they've been dosed in an alcoholic beverage like rum or um, you know, bourbon, I, I don't particularly care for the taste of alcohol all that much. But what I do like is we, we tell people some of our coffee is amazing when blended with an alcoholic beverage. As an example, during the wintertime, we have a peppermint mocha coffee. Oh yeah, and people usually take that and they mix it with some peppermint schnapps, you yeah. know, some some oh, Kahlua, yeah. some Baileys, and some whipped cream. And I'm telling you, I've had that, and it's amazing. <laughs> but you, when you do it that way, you're keeping the coffee plo- the coffee flavor and the coffee profile pure, but you're augmenting it with uh, additional flavors, which don't affect the baseline coffee. So. Um, I prefer straight coffee with uh, cream. I actually like sweet cream, but uh, that's really where I would go. So another one, you mentioned peanuts. It's funny you should say that because we actually have a coffee flavor that we're going to be, we're, we actually have a dose right now. Um, it's going to be butter toffee crunch, which is a peanut butter under like a hint of peanut butter, a toffee, yes. and a almost like a caramel mm-hmm. cream at the end. Uh, we have high hopes. Now, I'll be honest, not every flavor we, we cook up in our lab here pans out. We've had some bombs, but it mm. smelled really be, good when we were dosing it. So. That would be cool. Well, I would, I would be, I mean, I, I, under, I understand, obviously, if you, if you are not able to do this, I completely understand, but I would be, I would be very amused and very interested to try some of these experimental uh, coffees. Sure, uh, we'll send them your way. You know, no, seriously, like some experimental drink. Say, hey, Aaron's opinion. Aaron, what do you think about this? I would be more than happy to take that seriously and and give an honest, give a real honest feedback. Hey, Joe, I think this is delicious. Or <laughs> the thing, the thing that I almost said about the orange dream dream 
dreamsicle. I almost said, uh, I don't know that that orange flavor that kind of teeters, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, some but some of these other flavors are just are, are just ball, you know, perfect, just absolutely absolute perfection. Yeah. Others are really interesting. I appreciate the flavors that I have to think about more critically. It really adds to the really adds to the experience. The other really good one is that um, oh the nut the nut one that you put in the in the box. Um, Pecans and praline. There you go. Really good. I could I could feel I could feel the I could really feel those nuts, and then I could also feel other food. You know, bread, a meal. You know, soul food. You know, infused in that. So exactly. Um, how do you get the flavors in there? By the way. So we work with a, a flavor development company that, you know, it's a flavor additive. Now, the process is, is a little old-fashioned. So we use flavor concentrate. We mix coffee beans with a small amount of flavor concentrate, and we allow them to rest. So the process, there's actually a video on our Facebook page. You can go online and look up Blended Joe on Facebook, and there's a video about the coffee-making process, and it shows how we dose the coffee. And once the coffee's been dosted, it actually has to rest. So we let our coffee rest for anywhere between three to five days. Uh, that way we, uh, we ensure maximum absorption. And then we do something that's a little bit different than others. We use what's called an open air drying system where all of the coffee is spread out onto almost like coffee or uh, not coffee, uh, caramel toffee sheets. And they're covered in a breathable mesh. And then they put our, we put them on baker's racks. So then the coffee beans are exposed and they can breathe. This ensures the coffee beans are dried. Now, when you dose coffee with flavoring, you don't want that flavoring uh, to be sticky or wet. You want the coffee beans as dry as possible. That way you ensure they have absorbed all the good flavoring into the inside of the bean. So when you go to grind it up, you're gonna release that flavor. So once you have the coffee beans ground up, we put them in our, in our packaging. We have our own heat sealers here. We seal them and then we ship them to you. But uh, the whole process from start to finish, you know, from the time we start dosing to the time you get it, uh, usually takes between three to five days for us to get the flavored coffee uh, ready. Now for you, we prepare and ship the same day, but we keep our coffee beans that are dosed and prepared ready to go. So we keep a small batch of every flavor we have ready for ordering. Right, right. Yeah, excellent. And you keep, and it seems like you would keep your, um, uh, your, your variety packs kind of ready to go in the, I, I guess, in the on deck circle, I guess. Correct. Do you, the other, from a, now from the business perspective, as we start to slowly run out of time, we have about eight minutes. Um, I mean, do you find that people are truly coming back and only ordering one flavor or are people saying, you know what, I just love the variety. I'll just keep buying the varieties. What are most people doing? So it's funny, you know, when people come back, we do have our consistent bestsellers. Um, but I find we have what's called seasonal flavors. So every season, spring, summer, fall, and winter, we rotate our menu of seasonal flavors. Uh, summertime flavors for us this year were orange creamsicle, pecans and praline, and vanilla almond cookie. Uh, which was an actual accident. We stumbled onto that one by accident, but I'll tell you that in a second. So when people come back, I find that they usually order a little bit of their favorite, but then they'll try something new, especially with some of the seasonal varieties. Um, the vanilla almond cookie was, was funny because we had some leftover coffee that was French vanilla and some, some almond that we were just sugar, um, excuse me, uh, French vanilla, sugar cookie, and some almond that was just sitting, that was kind of the residuals from an order we did. So one of our workers here put it all together, put it in a pot, and he brewed it off. And we drank it. And I said, oh my God, this tastes exactly, if you ever gone to like a Chinese restaurant or a buffet or any place that serves the really good, they're almost like Sandy's, the vanilla almond cookies, it tastes exactly like that. And I said, this is amazing. You just made a new flavor. We didn't even realize it. So we, we perfected the, the mixture. Uh, and that's, that's actually been one of our best sellers. That and the pecans and praline were our two best sellers for the summer. Cool, cool. What are some of your other um, flavors for, let's say, you've mentioned winter? Yeah, winter, can, you can have some interesting flavors. Uh, what about, what do you have for eggnog? I'm sure you have an eggnog. So we have tried that in the past. It's, it's honestly, it's not a really good seller. Um, hmm. I find people don't 
want to try the flavor of eggnog with uh, coffee. I don't know why. I wasn't a huge fan of it either. Uh, for the winter time, we usually have, and in fact, I'll pull up my, uh, my little recipe here. Uh, in the wintertime, we have our peppermint mocha and we have our, um, here, I'll pull it up here. Let's see. So we have our peppermint mocha, we have gingerbread, and we have cinnamon vanilla. Now the cinnamon vanilla and the peppermint mocha are our two best sellers in the wintertime. Uh, the cinnamon vanilla is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, in the fall time, we have our pumpkin spice, we have maple nut crunch, and we have what's called chocolate indulgence. And springtime, we have chocolate cherry, Irish cream, wild blueberry. And sporadically throughout the year, we'll have limited edition flavors as well. So this year, we had uh, chocolate-covered strawberry for Valentine's Day, which was, <laughs> was very good. Uh, we had strawberries and cream for summer. We had blueberries and cream for summer. Uh, we'll have more flavors as we come up with them throughout the year, too. But uh, as we move into the fall, the best seller overall out of all of our flavors the single best seller is our maple nut crunch it is um yeah. we can't keep that in stock in fact when it comes in september when it when it makes its debut we literally start dosing like 10 pounds at a time because it sells out every week we can't keep it in stock at all you can't you can't keep up with the demand it's interesting yeah. you mentioned some of those flavors because some of those flavors I, I try them once a year from other, you know, other companies around the world, and I never really like them. Pumpkin spice, eh, no, mm -hmm. you know, or, but maple, oh my God, yes. You know, that's definitely something I would, I would definitely subscribe to that, to that type of flavor. Definitely. And it's funny because uh, people come up to us when we go to shows and things, and then I tell them maple nut crunch is the best seller. And they say, oh, I don't know about that. I said, have you ever eaten uh, like a toffee? that has a little bit of like a cereal, almost like a cereal-like um, maple crunchy flavor to it. And they said, yeah, 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 I've had that. I'm like, that's exactly what this coffee tastes like. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I want to try it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's very good. So as we start to run out of time, this was, a, as always, a very enjoyable episode of Aaron's Opinion. Have you thought about starting a podcast where you talk about coffee? You know what? It sounds like you're in the podcasting business. I'd love to work with you more to tell people more about coffee. Oh, oh well, that's oh well, that's even better for me. No, actually, no. <laughs> let me let me go back and, and and correct what I said. No, actually, don't start your own podcast. Just come, <laughs> come back and keep talking to me about it. That's right. Of course, that's what I prefer. I don't want you to start your own thing. I want I want to have you on my show as much as possible. To uh, well, here's what we're definitely going to do. Anytime you have a new flavor, new product, new pitch, new idea, come here to Aaron's opinion. I'm listening, and hopefully, the rest of the world is. I really enjoyed this. I mean, do you have any um, basically final things you want to say before we wrap it up today? Well, let me just throw out a couple of quick things. And these sure. are little coffee uh, producing nuggets for the general listening audience. Uh, coffee, when you make coffee at home, it is always about the type of machine that you're using and the quantity. Now you hear people of all different walks going, oh, you need this much water to this much coffee. Listen, there's very simple very simple, simple solutions. If you go to our website, uh, blendedjoe.com slash how-to-brew, blendedjoe.com slash how-to-brew. There's very simple instructions there to follow. Keurig, I know you're a K-cup guy. Use the eight-ounce setting. It makes a perfect cup of coffee. General rule of thumb. And I'll tell you a little secret. Not a lot of people realize this. A, a scoop or I'm sorry, the line on your coffee pot, those lines on your coffee pot refer to coffee servings, okay? And they're typically universal from coffee pot to coffee pot. If you use six tablespoons, that's one ounce of coffee, three tablespoons is a half ounce of coffee. Each line on your coffee pot, so if you fill the, let's say the two line, you need three tablespoons of coffee. The four line, one or uh, six tablespoons of coffee. The 10 line, you need 12 tablespoons of coffee. So I always like to do it in tablespoons of coffee to, you know, the line on your coffee pot, because then you don't have to sit there and try to figure out how much water you got. Look, fill this line on your coffee pot with water. These are the number of tablespoons you need. Simple. Um, depending on how you're brewing, uh, pour over, drip style, Chemex, French press, 
it, you need different types of grinds for your coffee. So again, if you go to our website, all this information is on there for the different grinds, what they're used for. And again, if you go to blendthejoe.com, you can learn about how to brew the perfect pot of coffee at home. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that really that that's really all, all, all perfect. Um, I would certainly back to the um, issue of the fact that this podcast, my podcast has been on the air for a year and I still don't have a sponsor. I would um, would certainly would certainly want to learn more about that. If you if you have some some ideas, some suggestions about maybe a, a way of, of sponsoring my podcast in some way. Um, I would certainly, I would certainly appreciate that. And I would certainly look forward to continuing to, uh, buy your coffee and have you on here, um, more frequently. I also, uh, obviously I'd be happy to talk to anyone else who, you know, you know, in the coffee business and your organization who would want to talk about this. Well, that was a really great episode. Um, as I like to say, uh, thank you so much, everybody. That was Joe blended Joe LLC. Have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all-in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.